Thank you for tuning in to the Elevate Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Johnson. This is a podcast for student athletes and those who coach them who are looking to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day. In this episode, I've got another fine guest. He's a speaker, an author, a former college basketball coach himself. He also was a two-sport athlete playing basketball and tennis in college. His podcast, No Quit Living, has been rated a top 50 podcast in iTunes in the categories of business, health, and self-help. I recently recorded an episode to be a guest on his. Go check that one out as well. It was such an honor to be on that one. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. CEO and founder of No Quit Living, Chris Worth. you i'm doing great man i appreciate the opportunity to be here oh it's great to to connect with you i've, I've heard you on a podcast or two uh, as well and i'm excited to have you and, and share uh, what i've heard you share a little bit about more and, and ask some other questions as well you yourself are the host of the no quit living podcast what is no quit living about yeah so for me it's it's just inspiring and motivating people to, to never give up um, on themselves, their goals, their dreams. And I think in today's day and age, not only what we're going through in, in the year 2020, but I think everybody has been knocked down. And the second question I ask everybody on my podcast is for their no quit story or time where they could have given up or given in. And literally almost everybody's response is, well, which one do you want to hear? And I think uh, for me, it's, it's just sharing those stories, sharing those messages. And I have a hope every single episode is to connect with one new person where they hear someone's story and they say, because of him or because of her, I'm going to keep going today. Love it. Um, so I know you're a basketball coach for a while. How did you get into kind of the, you've got, uh, I think your second book out or, or third? First, 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 first. The other ones are coming. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, I'm actually, <laughs> actually I'm working on two and three as we speak, ironically. Okay. So I had a gut feeling there. Um, <laughs> I know that we'll talk about the, the positive positivity tribe here soon, but uh, how did you get into the podcast, the speaking and, and really this positive message that you've been sharing and, and helping inspire people with? You know, I didn't, I didn't realize at the time, but it initially started with my dad growing up is I'm a huge sports guy. I played a ton of sports growing up. I played two in college and for me, it was just always learning uh, from other players, from other coaches, from other teams, and the mindset, the per perspective of being positive and trying to face any challenge or obstacle. And I got into it, the podcasting world, ironically, by being a fan of podcasts, first and foremost. I was listening to quite a few. And then, you know, when one person says something to you, you don't really take it to heart. But then literally over like a four or five, probably day period, like six or seven different friends of mine, we were talking about podcasting and they said, you know, you should start one. You have a really interesting network and market from, from coaching and playing. And I did it at first as a, as a passion, but then for me, it's just, it's something that I really enjoy and, and I love inspiring other people. And for me, I'm, I'm inspired every single day by so many amazing people that I connect with, whether it's from social media, whether it's in person, whether it's from different programs or courses. And for me, I just want to be able to share that. And, and the thing that I think is really cool is the people that do what we do and the people that are professional speakers and coaches and trainers and do it at a high level, 
they're not sharing their stuff. Meaning, you know, there's not a lot of people that come out and say, okay, here are my, you know, 500 steps of this. They might have their own structure and, and foundation, but they've been taught, coached, they've watched, they've read from some of the best people out there. And that's the thing I love in this space of let's call it personal development or, or self-improvement is there's so many amazing people that have been there before us. And there are so many amazing people that are going to be there for generations to come. And I think we all learn from each other. We all take little nuggets here and there. And I jokingly say this all the time, but a bunch of the stuff that I, that I use and, and I promote and I talk about and coach and train with, if I were to sell it for a hundred dollars, let's say, and I were going to keep what's mine versus having to pay out royalties, I'd probably keep maybe 10 to $15 and the other, you know, 85%, 90% would be given out to probably 85 or 90 different people because I think that's the amazing part of, of technology is there's ways to connect with people and get books and messages and things from decades ago and you can get it within seconds. No doubt. I think there's an old saying I, I love. It's that you know, the timeless lessons are the greatest teachers. You know, the reason that those things hang around and they, they stick around to be some of those lessons. So um, on that kind of note, yeah, I think especially sometimes in this space, um, there's a hard, I think it is going back to simplicity and execution and how do you, how do, you do it versus I think how, how do you say it? we've kind of run out of ways of how to say, say things that are, are right-minded. Um, but in between that and the action and what we do and what we, we execute is where the gap exists. Um, why do you think that gap kind of gets so big sometimes? You know, I, I think it's, it's to, to use your words about going back to something that I think it's, there are so many things that are easier said than done. And I think people, talk a big game and I don't I don't mean to be very black and, and white in that regard but I think the reality is it's especially in today's day and age with social media it's easy to have an audience now where you can just put something out there and 15 20 30 years ago if you wanted to put something out there you had to have a book or you had to be on a large stage now you have the opportunity just blasting stuff out and I think there's a for me there's a very significant difference of people that talk about things, companies that talk about things, athletes that talk about things versus the ones that go ahead and are putting in, putting in the time. Joshua Medcalf had a book that came out, I believe a month or two ago, it's called win in the dark. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely, absolutely love it because that's what the big gap is. I think it's, it's doing those things when no one's looking, you know, it's easy when, you know, the camera's on you, you know, if, if ESPN came to you and said, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to do a, a special, of you working out, I guarantee you, you're probably going to have an amazing workout. You might not be able to walk or move your arms the next day, but um, the question is fast forward or rewind a week or two and there's nobody there, you know, are you putting in the work? Are you doing it when, when there's no lights, are you doing it when there's no camera? And that's for me, a lot of stuff that I talk about with the college athletes we work with too is, is, you know, what are you doing consistently each and every day? And I think, it's much easier said than done to, to say you're going to do it, think about doing it, telling other people you're going to do it as opposed to going ahead and not only doing it once, but consistently doing it. No doubt. Um, no one likes a quitter. We all don't want to give up. We all want to keep chasing the things we're after, but on the other side of the coin, are there things and signs that maybe we, we should give up or quit or detour? Yeah, I love that question. And we spoke briefly before we started recording. And, and I get asked 
similar question quite often. And, and I do love that question. And I think the answer is, is yes, there are definitely times you should quit. And, you know, I think it's interesting as being a guest and kind of having this no quit living company, people, I think automatically assume my answer is going to be, you never quit no matter what you just keep going. And, and the reality is that would be great for a, for a movie. That's great for a script. But the reality to your point is, is there are times you need to give up and there are times you need to quit something so you can do something else. If there's pain or whether it's relationship or something like that, violence or, or abuse, that's obviously, you know, something that you should definitely give up or quit or, or yeah. seek advice. But you and I spoke off offline and I think there are times you need to quit one thing or give up on something so you can do something else. And, and I think going back to what I said about social media is, is there are a lot of these, I think, myths out there where people are supposed to do something because a coach or a family member or a friend says, you know, you should be a professional athlete or college athlete. And maybe that's the sport that you're the best in, but maybe it's the sport that you like the least. And maybe, you, you know, let's say, you know, football is what you excel in, but you absolutely despise football and you really want to be a college baseball player. You know, the likelihood of playing two college sports is, is very difficult. So why not, you know, be able to say, you know what, I'm going to no longer participate in, in this sport because I want to do this. And, and the other perspective too, is when it comes to business and other things like that, there are times when you need to, to give up or to use your words, you need to take a different approach. The uh, best-selling author, Michael J. Mayer wrote seven levels of communication. And he was on my, one of my early podcasts and he said something interesting that really hit me. He said, he was talking about running a marathon. He said, it's perfectly okay to stop. It's perfectly okay to reassess where you are and maybe take a different approach. But he said, just because something gets difficult or hard doesn't mean you should quit. And that to me, I think is, is one of those magic answers is there's a difference of something where you're doing ongoing damage, where you're going to you know, break something or do something and, and right. never be able to come back. But on the other side of that is, is are, you, are you in pain because it's hard? Are you challenged because you've never done it before? Are you unsure because you've never done this? And I think that to me is, is the fine line of quitting versus you know, giving one more. And Jocko Willink, who I know you know, everybody um, kind of knows amazing books and stuff he's done, is you know, he talks a lot about just going one more day. He said, it's not like you say, okay, I'm going to commit for the next 25 years, but he always talks about, you know, don't give up today or don't quit today. Give it one more try. Maybe tomorrow, three weeks from now, you might not be able to do it or want to do it, but just give it one more, one more day today. It's always a uh, sound advice. I've had to take to heart recently, had a frustrating day. I think I told you about, it's like, just make it to tomorrow, you know, be uh, reset. So uh, new book out positivity tribe. Uh, if you're this isn't your first episode of this podcast. You know, if you say positivity and tribe, you have my attention. Um, love those things. Talk a little bit about the book. I've got to get into it just a little bit, but uh, share with us a, a little bit about your, the tale. Yeah, I appreciate it. So it's a similar, similar fable style written like John Gordon. And for me, I actually started a mastermind group with a bunch of um, men during these challenging times. And we coined ourselves the Positivity Tribe. And the reason we started this was because literally it was the Tuesday after everything went down back in March. And we just wanted to be a positive sounding board for, for other males going through these challenging un unknown times. I was actually writing a, a different book and we created these po this Positivity Tribe and I, I wrote it to share and spread the message of positivity. And the premise behind it is we have these 
positivity notes that literally we've been we've been spreading for the last year all throughout the country we've been leaving them on on um under windshield wipers on cars in different businesses all over the place and we've spread over 12,000 in 36 states and actually six countries and that's one of the, the premises behind the the story is three high school juniors that are going through a really difficult time in their lives they're actually best friends and they create this quote unquote positivity tribe they spread positivity as well as positivity notes throughout their school and community. And it just has a really powerful impact. And I think the thing that we talk about is we've used the hashtag we rise by lifting others up. And then the other perspective is spreading positivity one person at a time. And I think that's something that I've really bought into because I see the beauty of it is if I share, let's say positivity with you, it might be that one person. I have no idea what you're going to do or not going to do with that positivity. But the reality is, is you're going to share it with somebody, at least one person, they're going to share it with somebody else. And you compound that all of a sudden that one, that one act of kindness or the one act of, of being or sharing positivity could potentially lead to 15 or 20 or 30 down the road. And that's what I think our country needs more so than ever during these challenging times. Couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, I got to the, the book at the right part when they were receiving some of their, their early notes. So um, I'm, I'm more intrigued. I'll, I'll get to finishing it up. Uh, the book is linked up here. Get yourself a copy. Um, you've been a college basketball coach. You're a dad. Uh, you speak to young people, athletes a lot. Uh, what gets you most excited about this generation when it comes to, to leadership, the future? You know, I think the one thing, and, and I love that question, I think it's really powerful. And I know we both work with, with student athletes and younger generation as well is the technology opportunities for what's to come. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, depending upon who you hear, some people think technology is going way too quick and it's ruining certain things about the actual personal relationships. And I agree with that in some way, but what really excites me is, is there is a generation, whether it's this generation, our kids or, kids coming after that, that are going to take technology, whether it's businesses, whether it's charities, whether it's different creations, different social media platforms, whatever it is that's going to come next. And they're going to connect with people in a different way. They're going to be able to do it in a creative way. And I think in 2020 and beyond the technology that we have and the resources that are out there, I think are, are amazing. And I'm just super excited to see kind of where all this goes because it's it's unknown you know 5 10 15 20 years ago we saw the transition from you know mobile phones being the size of you know a, a you know laptop now then all of a sudden you know you had fax machines and all these things yep. and all of a sudden but things are happening so much quicker and faster now and i think the reality is that there are some amazing inventions and things and i think the other perspective too is from a medical perspective you know, 15, 20 years ago, a woman or a man at the age of you know, 70 would get cancer. And unfortunately, you know, a year later, they, they would pass away. Now somebody at the age of 80 gets cancer and all of a sudden they, you know, they're in remission and they live another 15, 20 years. So I think in that regard too, I think we're going to see a ton of advancements in the medical field. And I think diseases and things that killed people and, and different things throughout our, our country and our world, I think are going to all of a sudden, you know, have a much longer life. Uh, it brings me to you probably know and probably I'm sure you share a little bit about uh, 
positivity and optimism is actually good for our immune system. So we talk about uh, not, not just things that, that might be, you know, lead to cancer or anything, but just uh, our immune system. And when you talked about before with technology, I was, during these times of COVID, seeing some things that like teens and teachers have done with Zoom uh, and some of the, the music people actually and musicians that have coordinated or their orchestras and bands through those, super cool. Like, I mean, a, a, you get an A for me, no doubt. So, um, there's a lot more, you know, we no quit. You know, when I was growing up, there was uh, this, the t-shirts, no fear. That was like a big thing. You probably remember those two as well. Um, there's a lot more into it. The words we need to hear, we need to, to, to remind ourselves though, but when it really comes to persevering and continuing, what are some a tool or, or one or two that comes to mind of when we might think it's time to give up? How should we assess that? Yeah, I, I, that's awesome. And I think one of the things that, that I'm a huge believer in is, is accountability partners. And the reason behind that is, is when you tell somebody else you're going to do something, when you commit to somebody else, the likelihood of you accomplishing that goal or that objective is so much higher. So for example, if you were going to go work out yourself and maybe you get up and you're tired, the likelihood is, is you could convince yourself, you know what, I'm going to do it tomorrow. You know, I'll come back tomorrow, I'll take today off. On the flip side, if you and I were accountability partners and you said to me, Hey, Chris, you know, eight o'clock tomorrow, I'll meet you at the gym or I'll pick you up at eight o'clock. You get up and you're a little tired, not feeling it because you committed to me because I've committed to you. The likelihood is that we're going to hold each other accountable and we're going to do it. And, and that's the same thing when it comes to perseverance too, is, is finding that, that person in your life. And it could be family, could be friend, could be somebody on your team, could be someone in your company, but the statistics behind having somebody to hold yourself accountable to, but on the flip side, having them accountable to you as well, the likelihood doesn't guarantee anything, but that's something that I, I talk about all the time. And especially with, with high school and college sports is the ability to connect with people on the same team that have the same vision. You might be playing a different position. You might be different, yeah. different years in school, but you have the ultimate goal. And if you know that, and if you know that you're accountable to that person, it just makes such a different relationship. And I've seen a bunch of teams that have actually put those things into place where they say, we're going to partner up for this season or for this school year. And, you know, we're going to have an accountability partner for academics and lifting and the sport and fill in the blank. And I think it's just, it's really cool. And it goes back to the perseverance idea of, I always believe that small wins lead to huge victories. And when you compound mm -hmm. those small wins, all of a sudden you have a, you know, a three game winning streak or you have your first five games you won in the road. And all of a sudden, you know, you fast forward down the season and, you know, an okay season or maybe a challenging season that start off is now, you know, you've turned the corner and you're having a really positive impact because people are doing something together. And I know it's a little bit cliche, but on a lot of the stuff we use and the stuff we put out there, it's we is always greater than me. And I think when you really believe that as opposed to just reading it or seeing it, when you actually act upon it, that's when, and I know you know this too from, from your experiences, that's when all of a sudden teams really gel and, and you see that and you have that special experience where five, 10 years from now, people talk about, hey, remember that 2021 season or hey, remember that? That was awesome and that was a special time. Question, follow up on uh, accountability because I always think that, especially with young people, that they hear that word and it's like, oh man, you know, it's, uh, it's a bad thing. I always say that, you know, 
the negativity police kind of hijacked that word and a few others that actually are pretty good things like discipline, mm. <laughs> you know, is another one. And a recent guest, Rod Olson, I had on the podcast, I, I liked the way that he defined it and he talked about accountability, but he said, you know, it's simply reminding your team and your partner, whoever it might be, what they agreed to do or what they said they were going to do. It's, you know, we don't, sometimes we complex it or make it this, this negative, fearful thing. What, can you talk about why accountability is good? And I think it, there's some science also too on that shows that we actually like it. And even though kids may gawk at it, they like it. <laughs> you know, I, I have to, to rewind for a second. As you were saying that I literally was going to write down and then you said it is discipline. I, Will Smith had a video, I don't know, a couple of years ago or within the last couple of years. And he talked about that exact same thing is, is discipline is one of those words where, and think about it for a second, you know, a parent or a coach, I'm going to discipline you. You don't, you don't receive it like, Oh, yippee. I'm going to get disciplined after practice. That's great. You're thinking, Oh man, what did I do? Are my parents going to find out? Is there anything I could do to change it? And it's the same thing I think with, with accountability. And I think what happens is it's gotten such a bad, you know, rap and rep in the sense of, Oh, we got to be accountable. And it's like, Oh, and it automatically assumes that you're not doing something. So because you have to be accountable or be more accountable. And I think the simplicity of, of the definition you shared is from your prior guesses. It's just, it's doing what you say you're going to do. It's sticking to your word. And I think if you then broke it down and, and I think we overcomplicate so many things and it becomes for mm -hmm. me, and I know I do it to myself still, it's, it's the paralysis by overanalysis. You're thinking too much about that. And all of a sudden you make it way more complicated. And I like to break it down with, with, clients and people we work with is the three A's of accountability, action, application, and attitude. And when you break yeah. it down to those three things, it's, you, know, you have to be, you know, you have to apply it. You, you got to use that aspect of it. You have to, you know, have that attitude of what am, how am I going to approach it to your, to our conversation a little bit before, are you going to approach it as something negative or positive? Are you being disciplined or are you using it to your advantage? And then at the end of the day, you have to take that action. And what I mean by that very simple is if you tell somebody you're going to do something, follow up and do it. It's true, simple advice, right? I think uh, guilty of the same feeling sometimes. <laughs> uh, on your website, it says uh, three of the things I know you stress, accountability, which we just kind of talked about, effectiveness and efficiency. Why are these three things vital to reaching our goals and our potentials? Yeah, so John C. Maxwell, who's, who's a mentor of mine, he has a, a saying, and he's sold, I think, almost 30 million books. So he's considered one of the world's um, experts, if not the expert in leadership. He says everything rises and falls with leadership. And that's his quote. Obviously, I can't say he's wrong, but I say, on the other hand, everything rises and falls with accountability. It starts first and foremost with yourself. Are you accountable to yourself? You have to be self-accountable before you can be accountable to somebody else. Um, so obviously we could, we could touch on the accountability side for probably hours. The, the effectiveness is, is how effective are you at fill in the blank? How effective are you at leading a team? How effective are you at being a part of this family, being a teacher um, in, this, in this classroom? And your effectiveness comes from the top down to the bottom. How effective are you getting your message off? How effective are or is your message being received? Are people responding versus reacting? So I think that the level of how effective you deliver it, but then more importantly, going back to that, that third A action, is your team, is your, are your students, is your husband or wife, are your kids taking that action? Are they being, 
is that message being received and they say, okay, based on this, now I know what I need to do. And then the efficiency perspective is something that um, obviously those words are, are stuff that we use. And I've just seen over the last probably two to three years that your ability to be more, to be efficient and to be more efficient is just seeing what else is out there, seeing as things are changing to our, my comment before about, you know, a cell phone being the size of a laptop. And then all of a sudden, you know, it goes quicker, it's faster. You can get things done. You're more efficient where if you wanted to read a book 10, 15 years ago, you had to go to the library and hope it was there or go to the bookstore. And if not, then you can order it from them and come back in a week or two. So it wasn't very effective. It was the only answer is, okay, I want to read this book. They're going to order it. They should have it in seven to 10 days. I'll come back and I'll get it. Here now, the effectiveness is how quickly can you get it done? How quickly do you have access to some of those things? And if you're willing to learn and adapt, I think your effectiveness continues to get faster, better, stronger. And it's kind of like the sports background, which we both have, especially working with athletes, is, is you should try to be a little bit more effective today than you were yesterday or a week ago or two weeks ago. It doesn't mean you have those miraculous you know, overnight sensations, but it's if you can do something a little bit better, if you can be a little bit better baseball hitter, you know, if you can do, do better blocking as a football player and you become a little bit more effective, then ultimately you help your team first and foremost. But secondly, you probably get an opportunity to play more and have a better role in, on your team's success moving forward. I love it. That's really kind of efficiency kind of some is what elevate, educate, rejuvenate is about is, is you know, elevate your attitude, educate yourself, rejuvenate those routines and habits and find what's efficient. And if it's not, you know, get it out of there. Um, and I think that's sometimes the, uh, I was speaking with someone else recently and, uh, the phrase I use with kids is try it, apply it or goodbye it. Okay. You know, you know, it try, did you, does it work for you? Did meditation yoga? I, did you try it? No. Okay. How do you feel about it? I felt better. Well, maybe do it again. I absolutely nothing from it. Okay. Well, let's table that, <laughs> spend that hour somewhere else, <laughs> whatever it might be. So I think that's uh, just trying to keep yourself efficient is being able to realize what we can cut out. Uh, and you're talking about technology. I heard recently that you know, these iPhones have more computing power than that computing power that got us to the moon uh, years ago wow. uh, is that we hold in our pocket. And I was also trying to explain to kids what a, an encyclopedia set was. They're, they're, they're like, oh, it's a Wikipedia, right? Pretty much, pretty much. Um, That's awesome. So uh, from your journey, um, if we could go back in time and, and get in a DeLorean or time machine and go see 16-year-old you, uh, what's the one truth that you've learned in your journey that you'd want to go tell teenage self? I would say two things is, is one, it's the importance and the power of positivity. And I, I think, again, going back to one of my answers early on, I understood from a sports perspective what a positive approach does for you for that opportunity for that day moving forward. So I think the, the power of positivity would be one thing. And then the other perspective would be is, is a quote that John Wooden has when he, when he talks about success is, if you give your best effort and whether regardless of win or win or, or loss, winning or losing is that's the definition of success. And I think that's something that we don't see enough. And I think in this day and age of, of instant gratification where we have social media and everybody's comparing themselves against other people's absolute highlight reel. Of course you, I, I want, I want your guests and listeners and people to, to win more often than not and be as successful as I can. But you look at, 
the most successful athletes of all time. Uh, let's put Tom Brady up there. Let's put Michael Jordan up there. They never won every single game. They were never successful all the time. They got knocked down. And you know, Michael Jordan, for example, missed more shots than he made. But it's learning from that. And I think that's something that I, I would have loved to have been able to deliver or, or read or see uh, as a 16-year-old more so in the sense of just, you know, the success is not just the wins and losses. It's also your approach. It's also giving your best effort. And, you know, if you do that every night, every day, every morning, you should, you should sleep better. And it, I think, like I said, especially during today's day and age, when we all see everybody's absolute best, it's, it's very daunting. And I think that's what we lose sight of is it's, it's win or everything else. And I think the reality is it's, it's actually not. And you can come in second place and you can actually know that you gave your absolute best, best effort and, there was nothing else you could have done that day.